0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this bonus segment of the Vinyl Podcast. This is our first in a new series focusing on musical theater. So, I've been really excited to bring this to you for a long time. Today, I have my wonderful, just delightful friend, Aubrey Roskelly, here with me. Hello,
1: hello. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for calling me delightful.
0: (laughs) Anytime, because you absolutely are. Um, I begged Aubrey to come help me with this because... I was like, I want to have this conversation, but I don't know how to do it. And the whole time I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. So Aubrey's here to keep me on track and just add to the beauty of this conversation. So to start off, I think I have maybe mentioned this in other episodes. If not, if any of you know anything about me, um, you will know I've spent the past year and a half writing a musical. It's called Hamardia, um, and it's being performed this summer. So... Woo! And Aubrey has been kind of involved In like every step of this process
1: <laughs> i been like the ghost Floating watching you do it all
0: Because <laughs> most of the time I wrote it I was like in her apartment it's At true. least the first draft She <laughs> <which laughs> saw me sitting at alcohol. And then Aubrey has music directed The performances at the show I begged her to do that also Actually begged her as in I texted her and said Listen you don't have to do this <laughs> And please say no. But... And then I
1: said yeah. <laughs> So, that's not that one. Twice. I said yes twice. <laughs> yeah,
0: the second time I was less involved. They just thought she was glorious, which, like, fair. And then just brought her back. So, wrote the show in two months between October and December of 2019. Wow, that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> um, and then there was a performance of that in July of 2020. And that was just like an hour-long kind of song cycle version of this show. And then since then, I've been expanding it into a full-length musical. And so they're putting that production on this summer. And so in the past year, I've been workshopping, rewriting. Every time I wrote something, i just email it topic And be like, hi, here's this. <laughs> Do what you want with it. And yeah, that's how we got to where we are today. So we just want to talk some about that process of what writing it was like. Like from the very beginning to the finished product that we have right now finished is relative because I could probably still change things but here we are let me think back to the beginning here this all started let me tell you everyone we're gonna hop back to April of 2019 because <laughs> um, that's where kind of the idea for this all came from I was listening to a podcast I think it was Rob Gardner Nothing. and yeah he Nothing. wrote Lamoado oratorio yeah. and he was talking. About his experience as a composer. And I was like, that's something I want to do. So I was listening just to see what his experience was like. And he was going to school for composition and then just decided he wanted to write some stuff. So like for the Lamb of God, from what I remember, he literally just emailed the London Symphony and was like, Hey, I want to write something. They were like, Great. Here's these days. Write it. And like, that's how he got started. So I was like, Okay, you know what? If I'm going to write, a musical which is something I'd always wanted to do I'm just gonna start I'm just gonna do it because if not I just never will so I'm just gonna do it and then send it to someone and see what happens um, and then a few months later I found out that this theater that I'd been working with was doing a festival for new shows so I was like great perfect opportunity and so I'd started writing some I was actually working on another project with a friend we didn't end up getting that completed um, so we were working on that through most of that summer. And then come October, I was like, well, this isn't going to happen, but I still want to submit something to this thing. So it was like, I'm just going to restart and write as much of a show as I can in two months. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, two months, people. Like, <laughs> is he crazy? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it works. <laughs> What's funny is I was
0: looking at my notes from that first draft today and i was like you know i put way more thought into this than i did the second draft i think (laughs) (laughs) somehow that came together so well and i have no idea how because the second draft is a complete mess in my head but it's fine here we are (laughs) and so i started in october and just started outlining writing so the whole concept of this show came around like literally one song and one moment i wanted to portray on stage Cause I wanted to show the experience of a child whose parents were separating or divorcing and like the effect that that has on the child. And so I had that concept and everything else was just to fill in background for that one moment. Um, so I started outlining and just said, okay, I want that to happen towards the end. I'll write a song about that. How can we like work around that? And then just started building characters and ideas based on other aspects of that story. And, um, just elements of that experience that I wanted to see on stage. And so that involved, like, the experience of parents, one of which was maybe not in the healthiest relationship, but, like, needed a boost of confidence, and one of which was not very aware of that happening. Um, And so just all of these things, like, wrapped in and started to build this storyline, providing background to the one moment that I was trying to build up to. So the show uh, has four characters, and when I initially wrote this, they actually didn't, like I didn't intend for them to have names. Um, the only no. reason they eventually had names is because it, it worked in the lyrics of the song.
1: But like, why didn't you intend for them to have names?
0: So okay, this is a good question. I'm, uh, wait for that <laughs> truck to drive by. <laughs> um. So initially, it was these four characters. I had them labeled as grandma, dad, mom, and child. So it's three generations? And at this point, the show was less of like a full-on musical and more of a song cycle which for those of you who don't know song cycle is just a bunch of songs strung together that kind of form a story but like not quite there's bits and pieces that are missing it's just a bunch of songs that are mostly fitting together and so this first draft was just 16 songs straight in a row no dialogue just like bits and pieces of this family's journey over the course of about 15 to 20 years and um so initially it didn't necessarily fulfill fitting to give them names because it wasn't like they were completely developed characters they were just like just moments really and just people that fill in those moments and these experiences um but then the more I wrote like the more the character stories became specific and there was actually more context than I initially intended and so I felt more fitting to bring in names and a little bit more background for them um so we have the grandma her name's Connie the parents Melinda and Grant and then there are Um, their child, Riley. So at that point, once I had that, I started just making a list of, okay, here's, like, the moments that I want to write songs about. And they didn't really have titles. It was, like, the dad sings a song about whatever. And it was just kind of a list of songs. And then from there, I knew I had a deadline two months. And so I had, like, had calculated out, I need to write this much of a song every day in order to reach the goal.
1: And he would, like, he, like, seriously, on the dot, he, he would just, like... Oh, it's time for me to ri- I gotta write. I gotta get this much writing in tonight. And he'll just go for it. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I just wrote, like, uh, a song and a half tonight. I'm like, who are you?
0: <laughs> I was going to school. I'm working both also. And so it was, like, from 10 p.m. to midnight. That was my writing time. It's like, I have two hours a night dedicated to this. And I, I needed to write... A quarter of a song a day in order to reach the goal, (laughs) and so it was just like any bit of anything, whether it was lyrics, whether it was music. I just started working and piddling away until we got a draft done. Which, looking back, it was—I mean, it was really rough, but it was something, and it mostly worked. And I I was staying happy with that thing.
1: Amen. (laughs) Yeah. So,
0: so, and actually, by the time I finished that draft, it was actually fourteen songs. Then I submitted it to the theater. Um, and then the day that it was due, I,
1: I, <laughs> he's like, let's just add two more.
0: <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, hmm, these characters don't really like wrap up their stories very well. So I wrote two reprises and stuck them in and then like resend it to the theater that day. It's like, Hey, just kidding. Here's this, here's two more songs. So anyway, that's how the first draft came about. Um, which it's really interesting. I don't know. Here's a little bit about the songwriting process. I know you've done some songwriting too. Tell me if this is. Anywhere similar for you? Actually, just first off, okay, Aubrey, what, like, happens first when you write a song? Like, is there anywhere that, like, it starts, or, like, is there a pattern for you, or is it just kind of (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's different every time you approach it. I mean, I think for you, for this show, I mean, you had, like, a basic concept. And, I mean, for me, anytime I try and write something, I usually have to think of, what is the concept that I'm trying to write about. And for me, sometimes the lyrics come first. Sometimes it's like, oh, I really like this little motif that I'm playing on the piano here. What can we do with it? And um, I know that's kind of similar for you. <laughs> and, um, and so it, it's kind of really sometimes random, but um, when you sit down and work on it, like you're gonna come up with a lot of bad ideas first <laughs> and then eventually you like it's like a sculpture and you're like chipping away different parts of the rock that you eventually can uncover something that sticks that is okay and that you like and so for me it's always starting with an idea on concept like you were saying about this pinnacle moment that you wanted to portray and then everything else sort of in around it. That's yeah. how I am, just on a smaller scale. <laughs> One That's song good. at a time. <laughs> yeah,
0: because I've had a lot of people ask me, like, what's the process of writing a song? And it, it really is just, like, it depends on the song. Some of them, it's literally, like here's a word that I want in <laughs> yeah. this song. Or like, here's a phrase that I want to write around. And some of them, it's like, I'll have the entire piano accompaniment written before there's a single note <laughs> yeah. or lyric. Yeah. And so, like, it really just depends. And I think that's an important thing is songwriting really isn't linear, yeah. at least for me. But I think that's pretty true for most people is it's just, like, take what you have and start working with that. And, like, that is true of writing something even as massive as a musical. Like, it doesn't have to be linear. You don't have to have it all put together. Like, heck, I was... Continue to make changes and a lot of time I'd write complete songs and have complete other scenes that I was like I don't even know what's gonna happen here, but I'll figure that out And then as you write you start to discover more about the characters and can fill in other pieces around it Yeah, so it's a really interesting process and if you like can learn to be able to break it down some it actually really is Something that's manageable. Yeah, it's just this process of like being able to be okay with not understanding (laughs) vast majorities of it and being able to work on something small at each moment Anyway, so that's draft one. That happened. Then, um, July of 2020, they performed that version of this show and approached me about, um, producing it as a full musical the next year. Which,
1: by the way, let me just interject this. Okay, yes. Um, (laughs) so the theater that was doing it, the New Works Festival, um, they had multiple works that were all just short little things, um under an hour, and they produced them all. And then they chose one of those works, <laughs> Logan's, <laughs> to make into a full production and premiere it the next New Works Festival. So it's, like, not just, like, yeah, they just decided to make it a big deal. Like, it is a big deal, people. <laughs> like, it's pretty, pretty dang awesome that out of all the new works that were submitted his was chosen to be a full-length the next year. So that's just a little tidbit there. (laughs) Thanks, thanks,
0: thanks. Um, We'll hear more from Aubrey in a second about the production side because, like, the way this has worked, I write it all, like, at my piano in my bedroom. And um, she's been on the side of, like, actually taking that and then translating it to being on stage, which I haven't been involved with at all. So her perspective is completely different from mine on this. Like, she gets, like, random notes that I... Throw her an email <laughs> at two AM, and then um, has to try and get that to happen on stage. So, so yeah. Once um after that first production of July last year, we started writing again, um and most of these edits came that summer. Because, yeah, it was like
1: immediately after the show. Yeah, because started, started
0: thinking about it, and I like we talked some with the cast, and they had a lot of questions, which I wasn't anticipating. They were like what happens to this character? Like, how did we get here? What, are, what is yeah. going on in all these moments? And so a lot of the changes I actually made were like filling in background context and not changing anything at the end just because it was a song cycle. So there were a lot of holes throughout. And yeah. so like the end of the show, and it's changed a little bit, but not a ton. Yeah. And so like we took all that feedback. I started making lists. I like took a list of the initial 16 songs and just wrote down like, okay, what needs to happen in between these to fill in everything that we have? And I was counting just barely actually, so the initial production had 16 songs, the current version has 25, and I've written 35 songs for this show, like, between it all.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because because between those edits, I mean, I'm sure you'll talk about this, but like, he, like, keeps some songs. And then, like, never mind, I just wrote a whole new love song right here <laughs> instead. And then where I've
0: written three new love songs then, right here.
1: And then, and then he's like, never mind, I like the old one. <laughs> and it's, like, this constant, like, making songs and then seeing where they fit. And, you know, sometimes the old stuff, even though it's great and we love it, doesn't really fit the story anymore. And so you, you had to change yeah. it right you had to add new stuff yeah. and get rid of the old stuff even though we we do love it still but
0: yeah because I think from the initial show with 16 songs 9 of them are still in the current version yeah. 7 were cut and then what's 25 minus 9 14 written yeah. 14 new songs <laughs> since then is editor Logan coming to say that twenty five minus nine is actually sixteen. Um that are in the show. But again, there's probably six or seven more that I've just written that are like hanging out and no one's ever really seen. <laughs> so just because as we said, like the show changes it morphs and things no longer fit as well. And even the nine songs that are still in the show, I don't think any of them are untouched. Maybe yeah. I'm stuck this way. No, there's some dialogue no, in there. Every yeah. <laughs> every single song had some edit of some kind. Some yeah. more massive than others. Some had like major overhauls. Some were like, we'll change two words. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's really interesting how like the little things can just change and morph. And as I was looking back through some of my old drafts today, I was like, wow, there's like so many holes and it just, it took so long to piece together. As I was working on this second draft, I was more open. I talked to more people about it. I didn't really share the first draft with anyone as I was writing it. I was just doing it. But this one, I'd like call people I'd call me all the time. Be like, hi, (laughs) help me. (laughs) What's happening? What's missing? (laughs) I had a couple other people I do that with. that just helped to get like the process and the flow organized that it actually made sense. And now I think it mostly does. I don't know. I haven't haven't (laughs) been there in the um, Mm -hmm. actor's eyes, but it's a long process of just like lots of changes and, at, like as I was writing there would be so many holes it's like I still have no idea what's going to happen here and I'm not happy with anything but I'd write everything around it and then eventually that would give me enough to fill in those bits and yeah. pieces to the point where now we have a full length show Ooh. two acts 25 songs <laughs> some dialogue in there that was fun I hated writing that but <laughs> I didn't hate it it's just way farther out of my comfort zone than writing music Um. anyway so that's the process of the writing probably why don't you talk some about like Taking that something new that you've never seen on stage and just like producing, producing it. it, yeah.
1: Oh, well, okay, I'll start with the the first version that we had, the song cycle. Um, so I was the I was the music director for the show, and uh, seeing as it's all music, <laughs> yeah.
0: she was basically directing everything. <laughs> it was
1: it was a lot, but it was it was really difficult um, because no one had ever seen or heard the music before and so you're trying to teach these people um your cast all of this new music and it was a lot of music and we had a very short we had
0: what a month
1: we had we had a month to learn it all and get it memorized and put on stage and so just just like trying to learn 16 songs in one week was just crazy and <laughs> 16 songs that no one had that no heard. one has ever heard and you know as I, like as someone who's studied music, I usually you look up songs and you just, like, listen to them, even if that's not how you learn it. But you, you still get a feel for what it sounds like and different takes on it, you know, when you're, like, learning a vocal solo, for example, for a show. It can be any show that's already produced. And you look up ev- different actors portrayals of this character and then you kind of pick and choose what you like and the cast didn't have that (laughs) they had to create their character from nothing they had to you know read into the show they had to see what happens and then they had to make those decisions but on the other hand there's so so much freedom to do that you know because you're not weighed down by other people's decisions. You can make your own bold moves on stage. And a lot of them really worked. And it, it was very interesting to to see how, you know, they take this song and they bring it to life because of their different choices. And the director, um, you know, he was helping along guiding some of these things. And I had some input as well. and And it was just kind of interesting to to see it finally get on stage and become a thing. But I think the second draft has made it easier to produce. Not only because both dir- the director and I were returning. And so we've both done a version of the show before. Which is helpful. Because, you know, some of the things we're keeping. Some of the ideas and concepts for blocking. Um, so that kind of makes it easier for us to, like, now explain it and... Get the ball rolling. Um, but still, like, we have so many new songs, <laughs> which, like... <laughs>
0: well, you have just as many as you did last time.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> well, we have 25 songs now, <laughs> and all the ones that are the same in the show have changed in some way, and we have a brand new cast. We, we do have one returning member, and she's awesome, but... You know, even her stuff is not all the same. It's it's all different, but it's very exciting to sit in rehearsal and, like, learn this new song that none of us have ever heard. And then by a couple rehearsals later, you're rehearsing it full out with blocking and backing tracks, which Logan has (laughs) painstakingly made for all of the songs, like, he didn't just, like, write the music, he orchestrated everything and created backing tracks for us, so that was awesome, (laughs) but, um, and he, he just sends us these scenes, and it's so fun to see it come to life, and everyone cast starts picking their favorites, they're like, I love this song, and pretty much that's what you hear every song we get to, (laughs) like, I love this song, and... The interesting—the other interesting, like, nitpicky part about doing a new show is you do—I mean, this is new for Logan, too, for, like, finding out all those cues for music entrances and finding the, sp- the spot for dialogue to fit into the music and— um so we've had a lot of interaction. He gets annoying notes from me.
0: <laughs> but you sent me one email, one single email. That's not annoying.
1: <laughs> but, but I'm like constantly marking up the score. Like, okay, we need more time for dialogue here, and let's just <laughs> add some, add some more measures here, and and I just like full out email him, like, Logan, you need to repeat these these four measures.
0: <laughs>
1: I promise you, we just need it. And she acts,
0: like, this is the first thing, but like, it's really not. She sent me one email that was like, hi, there's some changes if you have time, get to them. Cool. <laughs> Thanks so much, you're awesome. Like,
1: <laughs> But, like, the concept is that, you know, Logan's never produced the show, so he doesn't always know the exact dialogue mount for the
0: the best I know for the timing is once I had a the second draft done I sat here at my piano and would play the entire show me singing every role (laughs) and speaking the lines and so I'm sitting here playing the accompaniment and speaking the lines I was like this feels like enough time and so yeah it is interesting it's a really collaborative process and even like as we were writing and drafting I was pretty back and forth with Aubrey and the director both like Here's how it's going. Here's where we are, and they give me a lot of really good feedback on like what to incorporate, what to change, etc.
1: Yeah, and Logan's been really great to to be open to like suggestions or like, oh, we listen to the backing track and you know we're not like a super big fan
0: of <laughs> and this guitar sounds like a harp.
1: <laughs> this guitar that sounds like a harp. <laughs> Can't you change it to piano? <laughs> and you know we were very intentional with the first draft with some of the songs, because we just liked it how, like, we liked certain instruments over others, like piano. We liked piano for certain moments because it just felt more fitting. And Logan was totally cool to be like, okay, yeah, we can we can change it and you can just use piano. And things like that where it's, it's very much still alive and a breathing show where we can collaborate and make changes that, fit the show, which hopefully will, in later productions of it, which we are really hoping for, right, um, that, you know, that groundwork will have been done and completed, and then it's easier for them to produce, because all those little kinks have been worked out.
0: Yeah. Well, it was even interesting for me last summer going to see the first draft, because I hadn't seen any of the rehearsals, I had no idea when I was going to witness on stage. <laughs> And actually, okay, one thing first, that is incredibly vulnerable. Like, I've acted, I've performed a lot of times, (laughs) but, like, sitting in that audience where the show that I'd written was being performed is, like, the most vulnerable and nervous I've ever felt for a performance. Because it's like, hi, this is me, and I wrote this, and if you hate it, sorry, that's on me, everyone. (laughs) And it's also not the most, like, upbeat show ever. It's pretty raw and real. And so I I was really intimidated, but, I mean, they did such a good job. And even just, like, going and seeing that version of the production informed so much of the changes that were made to the show and seeing like oh this is how this like read on stage this is how this actor portrayed this I didn't even think of the character in that way and so that led to like the changes that are coming into this draft is how the characters approached those before like the one returning character um, I like wrote every edit around like her as a person was like okay her version of this role is how this is being modified so that itself has been really fun to see and just how everyone involved with this has a process in this creation of something new that no one else knows yeah it's it's a really fun process it's really hard for everyone involved also but it's it's been really interesting so and just like to see the change from song cycle to musical because initially the first draft some of the songs were more cabaret style type songs were like They didn't fit a ton, but I just, like, wanted some fun songs that would work well outside of the context of the show. Mm -hmm. And with this draft, it was more so just, like, everything needs to flow in the story. And so a lot of those songs were cut and replaced or something else was written in to where, at least to me, the show feels more cohesive right now. And there's more of the songs that I'm just, like, I just love, like, every song that's going on stage. Whereas before there were some that I was just like, oh, that's fine, but whatever. So having that full year to ruminate and make changes... I think really did a lot to polish as opposed to the two months that we wrote draft one.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's great. I think the added dialogue as well has helped with the flow a lot, you yeah. know, because then you're understanding how the songs fit. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, before, whether they fit or not, you're still a little confused. Like, Oh, okay. Now we're singing about this. Why? <laughs> yeah, and, and I think the dialogue helps tie that in a lot. Um, For this time Mm round,
0: Yeah. So I still, again, I haven't seen anything that they're doing. I just (laughs) like hear from Aubrey and the director. We love you, Sean, if you listen to this. (laughs) Um, We do. (laughs) And so I, I can't wait to see it. Like just what they're doing and what's happening on stage. Just because I think for me and I hope the others as well. I've come to fall in love with so much of this. And like now I approach so many of the songs and I'm like, I really don't have a favorite anymore. Uh, Cause before it was like, yeah, there were one or two that were my clear favorites. Now but like, do
1: you not really have a favorite?
0: <laughs> I, I have like seven songs right now that I just love so much.
1: What are a couple of them? I think we should, I think we should play some of them. Yeah, we will. Give Cause now I want to talk some about the musical <laughs>
0: motifs that appear throughout the show and like how that ties in. Cause I was looking at it once And at one point in the second draft, like, every song had some kind of musical connection to another song in the show. Yeah. I don't think that's still true, because I wrote one new song at the very last second, and I don't (laughs) think that one ties to anything else. (laughs) um, I think every other song has some kind of connection somewhere else, and so it's fun to see the overlap. And if you listen to this, you'll understand some of that before you watch, so that will be cool. Um, Okay, actually, so let's talk some about just, like, the musical motifs, then we'll talk about some favorites later, Okay. So the show starts with this little piano motif here. Okay. It's actually on a harp in the show, but I don't have a harp in front of me, so yeah. <laughs> and so with this little, like, kind of dreamy-sounding thing, the show begins and ends with this song. It's called Hamardia that just kind of sets the stage for the fact that the show is this kind of exploration of these generations and these family relationships and just like watching how that plays out. And so you have this a kind of broken fourth wall song that is exactly the same at the beginning and the end of the show mm-hmm. that like sets the scene for everything with this dreamy sound. And I can't even remember how I wrote this musical theme. I think I was just sitting at the piano and I was like, I don't know, I need something like this. And it, I, to me, it's not a sound that's very musical theater, which is kind of fun. Yeah. But it works. because yeah. then. So I've taken this same sound and written it into another song in the show. Um, I just took it and changed the rhythm a little bit to make it more of this like upbeat, move the story forward. And I think this is, um, so that song is called Every Day. It comes about a third of the way into the show. And I think that's the first time all of the characters are like- Sing. Yeah, well, it's the first time or, they like express yeah. their thoughts as characters together in the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. And so we go from this to like a, a more upbeat version. so it's like more of this bop they're seeing over that and like the chord progression is the exact same Mm -hmm. throughout that song like yeah pretty much no (laughs) changes like exactly the same music just a slight change to the rhythm and the instrumentation um and then the chorus of that song actually like happens i use that as a repeating motif of the characters just like kind of coming to themselves so that happens at the end of um the original Hamartia song that happens at the beginning of the show. So those three songs are like always tied together Yeah. with that music. So here is an example of a song that has quite a few changes from the initial production. This is called Yesterday, and this is a song that the grandma character sings. Um, it's written over this, this is played on a guitar in the show. This little, just like, really simple acoustic, plucked melody. And so this song was in the show last year, but I pretty much completely reconstructed this one. The verses, number one, I just wasn't in love with the music because um, it went from that guitar to more of a, like a B piano thing. Um, and so I stripped that all completely and just kept the guitar looping and wrote a completely new verse on top of that theme that is more fitting mm-hmm. with the context of this yeah. version and. I, for one, like it a lot better, but... <laughs> I like it, too. <laughs> um, and so, like, that's just one example. A lot of the other themes in the song are the same. It doesn't follow as much of, like, a verse-chorus kind of form. It's just kind of a mm. couple, like, motifs that just mm-hmm. come in. There's, like, three or four different things that just kind of overlap. And yeah. most of them stay the same, but the big chunk that's what I consider the verse is completely changed. Yeah. Um, one other musical theme that you see in this song is actually what I call the like, love motif. Um, And this is something that happens a couple times in the show. It started out... So there's three times this comes in the show. Once, when the married couple first meets, and then there's an altered version of it in this song, and then at the end of the show, when they... Spoiler alert. They (laughs) separate. It comes back there. And that's actually when I initially wrote it, is, like, the third version that you hear. Was the first one that I wrote. Yeah. So it's this little piano theme, wow. that theme, which is in the third song. It's called Our Love. Towards the end of the show, um, I then took that and used that to show like the progression of this relationship of the characters. So there's yeah. a, it's minor in that end version. Mm-hmm. Um, then at the beginning of the show, it's this more major version. same kind of thing but it's like the more hopeful version and then in this song yesterday um that the grandma character sings like kind of about this young couple um there's an altered version of that theme that comes over the guitar line mm-hmm. so it's this sound so good <laughs> and so like that's just one of the examples of these themes that are just kind of all over the place um, one other theme that's prevalent in the new version, this wasn't in the original at all, is what I call the toxic positivity theme. <laughs> because this is something that I think I discovered watching the show is something that, um, the mom character, Melinda, who I think is like in the initial draft, she was kind of the villain and no one really yeah. liked her. And in all of the rewrites, I wrote it so that the show kind of like hinges on her character. It's mm-hmm. kind of all centered around her and this like growth that she has. And so there's this theme that accompanies her where she is um, really just not good at processing like the events and the trauma that's happened in her life. And so this is her coping mechanism is she uses this like mantra to move on. I don't even know how to best do this. Um, so there's a big opening number right after the first Amartya where we kind of set the scene for this show. Um, and it has... This is where the theme is introduced. Just the You will find more meaning? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of thing. That theme that um, comes up a lot of times, probably too many times in the show, but I decided to leave it because it is this really representative theme of the entire thing happening. And so you see, like, Melinda, the main character, her mom sings this to her when she's young, and then you see her, she starts to sing that to herself and to her daughter later in the show. And so that's this thing that she's constantly trying to overcome, and it comes up pretty much the entire time until her final solo, where she is able to move past this mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one thing about the way the show is written that I think is really interesting is, like, you see that Melinda is the one that seems to be like the source of all these problems through most of the show but at the end she's the one character that gets a redemption arc <laughs> yeah. and no one else does yeah. <laughs> and so for me it's really interesting to think about that like the two characters that you're rooting for don't have the best ending yeah. but like melinda does and i just think that's interesting to see like that's a lot of life sometimes mm-hmm. um because the number one this show doesn't end very conclusively it's kind of just like A chunk of their lives and we just end we don't have a lot of nice wrap up but from what we see like you see her finally overcoming and she has that growth but it continues to affect the other characters in this show in really negative ways to be honest (laughs) um and so that that's one of my favorite things about this new version is that kind of like shift in how you view the characters throughout the whole show yeah that's framed thinking about like the new songs versus the old songs um Some of them, I was looking back at my initial notes from after watching the first version of the show and, like, what I was planning on changing, and I wasn't planning on replacing as many songs as I did. (laughs) Um, But, like, a lot of the times, again, I was ruminating on this show for about a year, and I'd just be, like, going, walking around and, like, have this thought of, like, oh, this is the kind of message I need to convey there, and some music would come in my head, and I'd replace it. Um, And so that happened a couple times where it, like the new song is literally just, like, right there on top of what would have been the old song. They're in the same exact spot. It's not like they change a ton about the plot. Mm -hmm. Um, one of them, the male character Grant, he sings this song at the beginning. Um, in the initial show, it was a song called Lonely Days. It was kind of a more, like, rock sound. I I don't even know if I remember it. Um, and it was fine. It was, like, a whatever song. I, like, didn't hate it was fine and then back in i think it was november um i had written what's it's the third to last song on the show right now it's melinda's final solo and it ends with this really like majestic piano part um that's this kind of sound about that theme and how I needed something else for the other character and so even though that's one of the last themes you hear in the show like I took that and wrote an entire song around that like four (laughs) pieces (laughs) of piano (laughs) um and so this is another thing that I think is funny people listening would be like OMG he wrote that song at the beginning then he brought it back at the end and like no I I wrote a piano part at the end, and then I wrote an entire song around it and stuck <laughs> it at the beginning of the show. <laughs> the order isn't as linear as you sometimes think. And so then I took that theme, the... and wrote this other song um, on top of that, and then try and play it in the key I was just playing in, which is not the key, it's in the show. And so, like... That now replaced one of the other song that was there before, but it seemed musically more cohesive because it had tied into the show other places, yeah. and I was able to then rewrite lyrics that fit this version of the character better than the song that was in the original show. Yeah. The other song, let's talk about this for a second, But I've had the hardest time with is the love song, per se, <laughs> um, because I wrote this like sad song with the piano motif. Like, that's at the end of the show, and that song was really easy for me to write because... I'm just really fascinated in duets that aren't happy. And so like, I wanted that song to be there and I've loved it ever since I wrote it. Um, and so then I have four versions of that (laughs) that have been four (laughs) different songs that have been in the love song section of the show. Um, I was looking through and the first one that was in draft one was called I'm sorry. And it was basically like a lot of the same melodies, Mm -hmm. just that as like a major version of that. The second version was a completely new song that, the couple didn't even sing, other characters narrated for them, um, which is actually, of the four, probably my favorite. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Sean wanted me to put that one in the show oh, so bad. really? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I wanted to put it in the show, but, like, with the changes that happened, it just, like, it didn't work. And so even though it's one of, yeah, one of my favorite ones, it's not in the show because it, yeah. it just doesn't fit. Um, so then I wrote another new song that is actually, like, pretty much the same as "Darling" Love at the end, so there were just, like, two versions of the same song. One was just, like, the falling in love, one was the end, but then that wasn't quite working either, so two weeks before I did auditions, um, I wrote a new song, which, yeah, it's there.
1: <laughs> and it's great. It's great. It's good.
0: <laughs> it, it accomplishes what needs to happen in that moment better than any of the other songs, which is nice, but... One thing about me as I a composer... I love that
1: love song. <laughs> this love song accomplishes what it needs
0: to <laughs> <laughs> See them fall in love. And the lyrics in that one, I think, give the perspective of the characters better than any of the others. Yeah. And so I think that's why that song is important. But I just, I don't know, haven't experienced all that much romance, so I don't write the best love songs ever. <laughs> one day maybe in my life I will. So that, that was the hardest song, and there's four songs in that moment. Maybe one day we'll hear more of them. <laughs> or one day I'll write another song there. But that, that's probably the song that's had the most changes throughout because there's four songs for that one spot. A lot of the songs in the initial version, not a lot, but some of them had a more heavy rock type feel. And pretty much everything new I wrote in this version was a lot more acoustic, like simple piano, simple guitar. Um, and here's a little bit about some of these songs. So one of them, which this one is maybe, I don't know what's in my top five in the show, is called Hide. Um, mm-hmm. And this is one that... Mm-hmm is interesting, like, songwriting perspective, because I wrote the entire piano part and um, had no lyrics, had no anything, but I was like, this is really pretty, and it's one of my favorite things I've written, so I want this in the show. Um, So it's this... I'll just play a little bit for you, (laughs) listeners. That kind of flowy type theme. This is the only song that I can (laughs) play from my memory all the way through <laughs> none of the others i can so that's good glad i know my own music well enough um, but I, I fell in love with that piano part so much and so i found a moment in the show where it could work and wrote lyrics on top of it and initially yeah. it was written as a solo actually
1: yeah um, i remember that i
0: yeah. was like,
1: i was actually looking through my email the other day <laughs> and and i was like oh hide yeah i love this song <laughs> start playing it i'm like wait, this is the solo version. <laughs> like, yeah. i forgot that it was a solo first but now it's a duet between um grant and riley
0: yeah so it's the dad and daughter and it's this really sweet moment of bonding for them which is good because it's the one big time we see that from them in the show yeah. um but yeah it was all written because i liked the piano part and wanted it there, yeah. so but <laughs> it's still one of my favorites because of that another song that was really interesting to write Um, it's called That Summer. It's one that Melinda sings early in the show. And this is one that I was trying to just stretch my limits song writing-wise. And I was trying to write this song and convey the message in as few words as possible. Um, and so most of the song has a pretty similar piano-type vibe to what we've heard. And so you have that theme, um... With very few words on top. Like, I think each of the verses has eight words in it. Yeah. And the chorus is, like, one small sentence. I don't remember exactly how many words. But that was really interesting and a challenge to write. But it became one of my favorites as well. Yeah, just because like, it, there's a lot packed in.
1: Yeah. And honestly, I think it's, it's one of my favorites that you've written because it's so minimal. And... It's really easy for, like, the words are super clear, even though it's over this long period of time, like, they're really drawn-out rhythms, but it, it, there's so much packed into it that you don't need more words to describe every single thought and thing that Melinda is feeling at this time in the show, and, like... I'm excited for the production because our Melinda is fantastic and she, she is so just good. we we walk, we did our first run through in rehearsal the other day and basically we both me and Sean <laughs> were just like crying we we're like that was so beautiful and the the music with with the acting of like being lost in your thoughts about kind of past experiences and past trauma <laughs> kind of all just Gets ya. it gets ya. It's so good, like oh, ah, it's so good. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it was a really fun song to write and became one of my favorites. Like, in general, pretty much every new song I wrote, I like a lot better than the first draft of the show. Like, yeah. I just fell in love with so many of these songs, and because I had a lot of time to work on it, that helped. <laughs> um, for those of you who are regular listeners to this podcast, the person who's playing Melinda is my friend Questly, and she was actually on. Um, one of our episodes back in February when we were celebrating Black History Month. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but Questly is incredible. Such a fantastic actress. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I cannot wait to see what she does because she's just so good.
1: I think that we should talk about um, Keep Us Alive because I love that (laughs) song. And also, um, uh, at the end, Take a Breath reprise. We have all of their melodies.
0: Okay. Yes, these are some of my favorite ones. So one of my favorite songs, again, this one's probably top five, is called Keep Us Alive. Um, it's actually right before the song we just talked about that summer. Um, it's the three female characters each trying to like come to terms of their relationship with each other. And then they have a pretty hard conversation right after this, which leads into that summer. And so each of them has their own little like melody that they sing throughout this song. And then it just kind of builds and builds until they're all singing on top of each other at the end. Um, one thing I like about this song is it's pretty broken up. There's a lot of dialogue in between the song and Mm -hmm. the dialogue, like the character that's speaking it, it's their theme that we've heard in the show that they're speaking on top of. Yeah. And so you have a lot of musical ideas that are coming back here in this song, some of which you actually haven't heard before. This is another of my favorite compositional things to do is to like include motifs before you hear the song so that it's already familiar.
1: Like that summer, it plays...
0: In this, in,
1: in Keep Us Alive, and we haven't heard it yet.
0: Yeah. So then it's already familiar when you hear it later in the show. This song was a lot of fun to write. Um, <laughs> there's this section in the middle. I don't even know if I can, like, try to play this, because there's two of us here, and there's three <laughs> parts that are just overlapping on top of each other. Like, they're all kind of talking at the same time. I think this was the first thing I wrote of the song. Um, yeah. And then filled in everything around it.
1: Well, it's very interesting, because... what it is essentially is a conversation between the three people all taking place musically Yeah. so you have Melinda talking to Connie and Riley and Riley responding and Connie responding and they're all just talking with each other and it's just like this dialogue scene that takes place over eight bars (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like we're done and culminates into this like final um end of the song and it's super powerful and goes into this whole thing where finally they're not like polyphonic stuff anymore it's they're all singing together finally and yet all experiencing different things different emotions at that moment singing these songs this this end like chorus type thing and I yeah. love it. Yeah, like, it
0: ends with them all because they're overlapping, singing different things most of the song. Then at the end, they all sing the same words, "Keep us alive." That kind of shows that like they all have these same desires and motives um, deep down. One other interesting thing about this song is the accompaniment through what I consider the chorus of the song is um, pulled from the initial homardia. Yeah. And so it's that like same kind of one of the melodies you hear there. like it's really subtle and you probably would never notice it because yeah. there's three other vocal lines <laughs> happening on top of that but like I, I pulled it straight from there and then um in the first song they sing word "Mardia," and that comes back a couple times like that just comes right after the course and so yeah yeah just another example of like the small musical motifs happening Listen, if there are three women out here who want to sing this song, I would be delighted to send it to you. Oh
1: my goodness. I mean I'd send you it's, any of these, but
0: I would love to hear it. It's so
1: fun to sing too. Like yeah. he he wrote so well <laughs> mostly for my voice <laughs> I mean I don't know if, if 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 every other female relates, but um you know, I think that's an, another interesting part about Logan writing stuff, like He wrote things that just fit the different voice types so well. I mean, every time he plops a new song down for me, I'm like, wow, this fits really
0: great. (laughs) Because one day you took a long time explaining to me, like, here's how my voice works, and here's how you should write for female first. And so I always have that in mind, like, okay, here's what Aubrey told me about how to write for women, because this is three women, and I am a man who has a very low voice. (laughs) It doesn't, doesn't work with all this as well. So... That perspective was really helpful, because, like, the different voice types really do sing differently. And even within the three women, like, the grandma character has the lowest songs, because at that age you have a lower voice, and then the young teenage character has a lot higher of roles, uh, or a higher range, because that's more fitting for her voice. Yeah. Let's... um... I'm not gonna give away too much, but there's this really nice song at the end of Act 1 that I love that takes like one line from a lot of the other songs we've heard so yeah. far and overlaps them in a really interesting way. I'm not gonna give it's anything away right there. Though. But it's really nice. And it's over this, just like one note that repeats the whole time, which to me is a heartbeat. Yeah. So, that's cool. <laughs> um, I wrote this other song that starts Act 2, um, like a week before auditions yeah. also and it's really interesting because i sent it to the director and it, it's really not a complete song it's just like a verse and a half and then it just ends um but i really wanted it that way because it's like a, a representation of just like processing emotions processing trauma so if you come like beginning of act one that's what you see and it, it's not a complete act song two. at yes. beginning of act two yes yeah. thank you mm-hmm. not a complete song it never comes back you just get this little bit of just like
1: I wish it came back, though, because I like it.
0: (laughs) I like it, too. But, like, when I was talking to the director, Mm -hmm. he was like, no, I think this is good. Just leave it here. Don't do anything with it. Don't finish writing the song. We're done. Yeah. And then in the second act, you start to see the relationships struggle and fall apart a little bit more. And so a lot of the melodies have these, like, downward descending passages of, like, notes moving down to signify that. Um, There's this bigger kind of, like, rock fight song. Um, that, like, this is the whole time throughout this one. The melodies are always just downward motion. Anyway, so, like, they're all moving down. So that's one little musical thing. That song's also a lot of fun. That
1: song is so much fun.
0: That's a trio, too. I love writing trios for whatever reason. So, it's two women, one man. If any of you want to sing that one, let me know. I'm here for it. Um, what was that? Oh, okay. Then, so we brought this up a minute ago. One of the other moments in the show I think is really interesting. Um, when I was writing these songs last summer, I called this, like, the holy trinity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's three solos right in a row. Um, two from the parents, one from the daughter. And it's just them, like, trying to come to terms with everything they've seen so far. And again, three solos, one after the other. And then at the end of all of them, they each start singing the songs on top of each other. Which, I don't know, tell me a little bit about how this was to teach them. (laughs) Because here's the thing. I didn't even try to make these work together. I wanted to experiment with, like, the dissonance of their relationships. And so it's literally just, like, all of their melodies just, like, plopped not even tried to sound good.
1: And, like, Logan told me this. He's, like, <laughs> he's, like, BT-dubs. Never, like, really did it together. Don't know how it works. So have fun. <laughs> and you know what? It. Um, well, I mean, first of all, it... Ties right from the key that we just finished in, and so you get
0: it's Melinda's song. It's Melinda's song, thinking about this, but... so it's really difficult because the music doesn't try to fit together at all, and it's a cappella and it like transitions it's, it's from one song so to the next. Weird.
1: <laughs> and so you have Grant start singing his, his little song, and then Riley comes in, and then Melinda comes in, and I mean, some two of the songs were in the same time signature so that was super easy but then the third song was Logan just took it and just like copied it onto this new time signature so it's the same but like wonky looking (laughs) And, and I just had to sort of reassure the actors like I promise it's not as scary as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we, we've had some success in rehearsals, actually. Most of it comes from uh, I, I'll just direct them, um, you know, keeping time for them. And they're just going off and sort of ignoring everyone around them, which <laughs> is great. And then and that's they, so how you have
0: to do, though, <laughs> you,
1: you like really have to do that, because otherwise you'll just get distracted by the other people. But then, you know, it. It morphs into um, Melinda's theme. And then they all are singing in harmony, Melinda's theme. And then um, you get Connie coming back and singing a a, a reprise of a, a melody that she sang. Um, and then that breaks out into four-part harmony, which is a, it's a jam, actually. I really like it. <laughs> but, I mean, it was tricky to teach it because even though it's like eight measures <laughs> it, it was kinda tough. <laughs> but I think I think understanding the concept of what it will look like on stage and kind of the purpose of what's going on in the song really helped the actors get get it. Yeah. And like understand oh, okay. So I'm just singing my thing over here by myself because I'm processing things and at this different point in my life and it all somehow works. I honestly don't know how we talk about this in rehearsal all the time. We're like, I don't know how he did it. <laughs> I, like the keep us alive little <laughs> thing in the middle. Like, we're like, we don't know how he does it, but it works.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cause it it's worked. kind of a mess. It just kind of parts everywhere. <laughs> the keep us alive one is interesting. Cause it was literally like all three voices. Like, <laughs> because I started to write it as dialogue and then I just started singing it and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I just like, was there? It's one of the sections that was the easiest and fastest to write for me. Cause it just kind of came. So I,
1: and yet the hardest to learn. <laughs> yeah, true, probably.
0: Like the songs that you would think were the easiest to write with me forever. And the songs that seemed really complicated, I was able to write really quick just because like they worked and they were meant to be in the show. Yeah. So th- this piece, um, the reprise at the end, after the three of them sing their solos, they all sing them on top of each other acapella, and then, like, every character comes together, finally, and it ends unison on one no acapella to transition mm-hmm. into the final number. Yeah. Um, and so it's this really, like, musically symbolic thing of the characters, finally, even though they're separated, like, being united for once in the show. And that's yeah. the little bit of hope that we get right at the end.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was really fun to write, if nothing else. So... <laughs> And again, it's it's interesting because, like, I haven't heard people sing these songs. Like, I have sung them and I have at times had, like, one person come and be like, hey, will you sing a little bit of this song? Um, like, I've had a couple of my friends sing some of these songs and they've actually, like, helped contribute changes to the vocal lines that have stayed mm-hmm. in the show. Um, and so, like, then Aubrey has the challenge of taking this that's never been sung and getting it to work in the voices and helping them change they need to make it fit. <laughs> and it, it's a really just, exciting process, but I think it's been really fun for everyone. Yeah, it has
1: been. It's been a great learning experience in a lot of different things, and it's just been so exciting and satisfying to be part of this this new work. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So... I uh, that's all the ramble I have. <laughs> you know,
1: you I mean, I could always ramble, but this is again <laughs> This is this has been fun today. It's
0: been really fun. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time, so hopefully, it's enjoyable to listen to. If any of you have questions about writing musical theater or about musical theater in general, let me know. We're going to keep doing some episodes about other various musicals and musical theater styles. Um, so, if there's anything there you're interested in, let me know. We'll be sure to talk about it. But again, I'm happy to talk about this anytime. If any of you want to see or learn more about this show, reach out to me. It's being performed at On Pitch Performing Arts in Leighton, um, July 8th through 24th. And so check that out. Again, I've been writing it for a year and a half now. Really proud of it. Really happy with it. So I'd love to see any of you there. Aubrey, thank you for being here, for taking this, putting it on stage being in my life. I've known Aubrey, like, forever, so.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks for letting me be a part of it. (laughs) Okay,
0: cool. Anyway, yeah. um, Reach out any way you can. Share this with your friends. Hope to hear from you soon. And I don't know how I end this. (laughs) Let's
1: just say goodbye. (laughs) Like, we're done.